What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us for another podcast. And uh, I'm here with Elliot. How you doing tonight? Everything's going great, man. I am ready to get on this podcast and start talking about it. I am re-energized and ready to put out some content, man. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, before we jump in the podcast, though, let's give a big thanks out to our partners. Um, so first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to our uh, friends out at Boss Shot Show. So me and Elliot have both been rocking these this year. How do you feel about them, Elliot? Let's switch it up a little bit. I love tonight. them. I love them. Um, you know, it's American-made product, high density, high quality. Um, the thing I love about it, I've always wanted to use a smaller shot size. I've always preferred it. And and with a bismuth load, you're able to do that. So you're shooting fives at Mallards. We were shooting six or sevens for teal, four for geese. And I, you know, I'm a skeptic on everything until until it's proven to me. And this year, I, I feel like it's proven to me. You know, I'm just hitting birds and killing them clean. I've only lost one bird the whole season and i'm i'm sold so you guys if you haven't tried out boss shot shells go and can get it done give it a shot awesome also I'd like to give a big thanks out to htr so i've actually uh, have quite a bit of experience with htr products um having firsthand experience working with them so um you know I, i'll say it and i've said it in, in podcasts before but uh, my favorite product for them or from them is the um HCR gun stand or marsh stand is what we've uh, had to start calling it because of um, the socialist practices of certain social media networks that won't allow you to use the word gun, which is a shame. But uh, anyways, marsh stand, um, it's awesome. Use it in the rivers, ponds, marshes, anywhere in between. Um, Great for putting your gun on there, putting the blind bag on there, put my ammo on there, hang my game strap across it, keeps everything out of the water. Um, which is just perfect, you know, when we're hunting water for ducks and all that kind of stuff. So can't say enough good stuff uh, about that one. If you guys have listened to Duck Gun Podcast at all, you've heard about Gunner Kennels. They have been a partner with us for a long time now, and you know they're made in America. They're five-star crash test, all of those stats you guys know. But now here's the bottom line about Gunner Kennels. If you want to keep your dog safe, this is like buying a tank for your dog. I mean, I, I've got one, and I promise you that this kennel will outlive me. I mean, these things are well-made. I mean, they're not not—they're not the same prices as something you're going to get down at Walmart. But if you get into a crash and you have your dog kennel strapped in and you want to make sure throughout your lifetime you don't lose a dog in that way, this is the kennel that you want. And a little, little bit of advice. If you have a regular-sized lab, um, I've got the large side. I would advise the medium. It's probably the perfect size for your normal size. Um, retrieving dog product code duck gun that's d-u-c-k space g-u-n tip for 10 percent off and free shipping no i'm sorry wrong code duck gun d-u-c-k g-u-n no space 10 for 10 percent off that's duck gun no space 10 awesome um also want to give a big thanks out to motion ducks dequist burner and they're our most recent um, partner to the podcast and um you know it's definitely been great to use their setup. You put so much motion in the water. Um, I've, I've been rocking the ultimate decoy spreader, and they also have a smaller one that just has four ducks on it or four decoys on it, and I've been using the seven decoy system um, on all these no-wind days we've been having, and it puts out so much motion. It's ridiculous, and it's just lifelike action. And if you haven't checked it out, um, Elliot and I both have it in our videos. You can see um, Motion Ducks has stuff on their social media as well. Um, 
And, you know, if you're not a believer just from hearing the words, Jeff, definitely it's something where when you see it, man, you're like, man, that's a lot of motion. It's lifelike, um, and it's going to work to bring in the ducks. So definitely check those guys out. Um, Elliot, can you read the product code on that one as well? Sure. Product code is all caps, duck gun, no space. 10% yep, off free shipping, free anchor bag. Yep. Um, and lastly... Last one is Banded, Avery, and GHG Greenhead Gear. All three of these companies are under the same umbrella, and we are so honored to have them as a partner. You know, I had always heard of Banded and Avery and GHG, uh, but when we became partners, I really got a, a chance to test out some of their items, wear their clothes, and I am absolutely addicted. I'm, I would say almost a daily basis, I'm looking through the catalog. It's like, I want this, I want that. I've, I'm just in love with it. So if, you, if you're looking for any kind of clothing, waders, decoys, anything you can think of, banded.com will get you to all three places. Check out what they've got going on. Um, the, the Red Zone 2.0 waders, just they change everything. They're so comfortable. I, I wear them in Walmart sometimes. If I get done with a the hunt, they're just so comfortable. So go on over and check those out. And lastly, we would like to give a big thanks out to you guys. Um, you know, I say this every week, but it doesn't get old to say. So you guys are the the backbone of our community, backbone of podcasts. Um, and we couldn't do it without your guys' support and you guys tuning in week in and week out. Um, but I am going to ask you for something today. So if you want to know how you can support me and Elliot and what we do, um, something that we both value highly is the content we produce on YouTube as well. Um, so make sure to jump out, jump over there and check out our YouTube's Duck Gun Chronicles Freelance Duck Hunting. Um, those are both separate Duck Gun Chronicles for me and Freelance Duck Hunting for Elliot. We both put out a ton of waterfowl content all season long. And there's a good chance if you enjoy the, the content we put out for the podcast, you're really going to enjoy the videos. And they go so well hand-in-hand hand with the, you know, the updates and what we talk about all the time. And you'll get to see firsthand a lot of the, <laughs> the stuff we discuss on the podcast. So um, you know, do us a favor, and it'll really be doing you a favor, too. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So um, be sure to check that out as well. But um, that being said, I think right now is a perfect time to go ahead and jump over to the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, per usual, the ductator himself, Greybeard, the man of many names. How are you doing tonight, Elliot? Well, I wish I had some more successful hunts to talk about today. <laughs> uh, things have gone a little stale in these parts. Let's just say that. Things are have gone downhill since the flyways collected, I'll say. Well, that's a little rough because I know that weekend didn't exactly lead to the, or didn't, I shouldn't say it didn't lead, but it didn't um, meet some of the expectations we had after um, that first Friday. <laughs> well, yeah, it certainly didn't meet the mallard expectations. I mean, we shot tons of birds. Um, and I mean, tons of birds. It didn't meet, so it, we, it was great. It just didn't meet the mallard expectations. And my mallard numbers are really, really low right now compared to what they've been the last couple of years. And I've yet to have, I've yet to shoot a mallard limit. I shot, I mean, I, not one time have I shot a mallard limit. So I'm, yeah. as far as the mallards go, I'm hurting. 
What are your, well, what, yeah. What are your numbers right now for the Mallards? Um, I think I've got 11 or 12, um, out of my 60, I've got like 64 birds and I think 11 or 12 of them are Mallard drakes. So it's really low. Green winged teal make up the biggest number of ducks that I've shot then blue winged teal and, and then Mallard drakes. I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm still averaging over three ducks a hunt. So it has not been a bad year. It's just been a really bad year for mallards for me and a really bad year this side of the state so you know i was your, looking... uh, do you know what your numbers are as far as like your number of hunts compared to other years like have you hunted as, as much mm -hmm. yeah i'm right on track i'm i've been out 20 times and i'm right on track for about 30 um after not including snow goose season i do anywhere between 28 and 32 about every single year so yeah i'm right i'm right on track i'm right on track. okay but the deal is, I mean, the thing that's killing us is the floods came in in May. And most of everything we hunt this side of the state is backed up reservoirs, marsh systems around reservoirs. And we're also hunting um, the Missouri River Bottoms area. And both of those areas were heavily impacted by the floods. So we had a flood come in here in May. And it just in the last three weeks it's for the first time not in flood stage anymore. So half of a year. So you've got no vegetation. You've got no agriculture crops down in the Missouri River bottoms. I mean, as far as ducks go, it was just decimated. Now there's still ducks around, but we have just not been able to do a good job of finding them. Um, and we've just been struggling. So in the central part of the state, I'm averaging, I've got like, 12 hunts averaging four birds a hunt and then in this side of the state i've got eight hunts averaging like 1.75 so it's this side of the state it's just our traditional way we hunt it is and i i hear of people doing well and i think you just have to be able to find them on the right day and even the days that we've found them we've had struggles to get it done for one reason or another so it's just and i knew i, I thought it was going to be a rough year um just because of the habitat and it's just it's just been brutal. So I'm, I'm hoping, um, well, I think we're going to go back West again this week. <laughs> That's kind of been our solution is trying to go back West. Then we went back out West. I'll talk more in depth about that hunt later, this hunt later here, on. Here's a question to press, press you on before you move okay. too far from it. But, um, I guess, what would you say? Like, um, so I know in the past kind of, um, the progression of having golden boy, um, as part of your crew, he's become a huge asset um, as far as scouting. Mm -hmm. um, and I know he's gone off this year to, to college and all that kind of stuff. And another thing I haven't heard you say a lot is um, I know in the past um, you talk about fumble scouting a lot. Like mm -hmm. has his scouting been more difficult to get to this year and Aiden gone? Like you're just not getting <clears throat> um, a lot of your scouting in. Is that um, part of your issue this year? You know, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. I was like, what would my season be like if Aiden was still here? Because being a college student, he just has more time. Now, my dad's still been scouting, but all his scouts have been fruitless, pretty much. So he's still been scouting and he's still been helping me out with where we've been going. But I was thinking if Aiden was here, he would probably be finding pockets of birds because He's physically fit. He can cover more ground than my dad. My dad's basically a car scouting at this point. Um, yeah. Aiden gets out, puts miles underneath his feet. He's got more time to do it. He's more physically fit to do it. 
So no doubt um, if he was here, we would probably be shooting more birds. But the thing is, I mean, we've, so we've had eight birds in this side of the state. One, one hunt was good. Um, two hunts were at Corn's Pond. And one of which, both times it was loaded with birds, but we just, I mean, I shot those five. I, I shot my limit there one day. The other day there was tons of birds there and it just got screwed up. So that brings us down to five different hunts. Um, and in those hunts, it's not like we're not seeing any. So it's it's not like it's just void of ducks. So we're really only talking about a handful of hunts. Four or five hunts here is what we're really talking about on public land. Um, and I'm sure if Aiden was around, we'd be doing better than we are. Because And he just naturally has a nose for birds as well. Um, it's not just the scat. Some people just have a nose for birds, and he does. He just he finds them. So certainly that's that's been an <laughs> impact. Not to get off topic too much, but um, what what do you mean by nosed for birds? Like, obviously he's not sniffing them out. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like a sixth sense or yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever been fishing with someone that just always catches fish? You know, they just know the they just have a sense for it, and it goes beyond intellectual knowledge. Yeah, uh, but I feel like that's like something that you acquire by time. Um, like I, I consider myself at least better than average as far as um, like fishing goes, I've done it like my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. I do it a little bit less now than I've ever done, um, with the amount of duck hunting I do, but I feel like that's acquired by time, but like, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's a, a big rhyme or reason. Like, like, you know, it's, it's like a gut feeling or I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I guess I'm, I'm, I think it's probably perseverance. I mean, you get a moment in which you're scouting and you kind of know that you should continue with your scouting, but you go home and sit on the couch. Yeah. Aiden's going to go scouting. Yeah. He's going to he's going to cross all his T's and all his eyes. He's going to get his feet on the ground. He's going to go that extra mile when he doesn't feel like it. He's just a bird dog. He just is. Maybe he and, maybe he just does feel like it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he doesn't he doesn't sit well. Um he doesn't play video games. He doesn't really care for TV. His worst nightmare is a day off with nothing to do. So, where I can sit on my sit on the couch. Now you get me out <laughs> scouting and I I'm going to do it and I'm going to I'll I'll kill myself physically as uh, exhaustion wise to scout what I need to scout, but I might cut a corner and not go check that last place if I'm driving, just because I'm tired and I want to get home, you know. And yeah. he doesn't. I, I love my favorite place in this whole world is home. Is being home. I love being home. I love being on the couch. I either want to be at my house or I want to be waterfowl hunting. Those are the two things that I want that I want to do. But Aiden, he doesn't like sitting on a couch. He wants to be doing, 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 doing. So he's just turning over every stone, essentially. Um, and I do think that he has a bit of a sense as to, um, all right, I, out of these places, I really, I think that we should probably hunt this one. I think he's got a knack for that. Um, I know that happened this year on a hunt. Um, we got a tip from a guy as to where he saw the birds and we got there and I did not like how the habitat looked. I didn't want to sit up there. I was, I was, but sometimes I fight being neurotic out duck hunting. Like I make too many choices. Like, oh, we go in someplace. No, let's go somewhere. You know, and it's like, just relax. And so Aiden was like, I really think we should go with this tip and hunt where this guy was. And I felt terrible about it when we shot our limit. And so I think that he has a little bit of a knack as to a little calmer head. I get a little emotional um, and start pa not panicking, but start stressing a little bit. And I think he's got a little cooler, calmer head sometimes when it comes to, no, this is probably where we need to set up. Like last last Saturday, he told me where he thought we should go. And I disagreed and went to a different spot. And I'm wondering what would have happened if I had gone to where he said, 
you know, that, that type of nose and just sense as well. Gotcha. All right. Carry on. <laughs> now that I derailed you. No, no, I don't. Um, I don't remember. I can go into, well, I'll go ahead and roll into it. So um, if you guys don't watch Cherry Creek Outdoors, it is, sorry, Jordan, it is by far my favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> I love me some Duck Hunt Chronicles, but part of it is because I know all the places he's hunting and I can see, I think one thing a video doesn't do is it doesn't in your mind, you cannot see peripheral, the lay of the land. In all his videos, I know the lay of the land. I think that makes an, a difference. But I think that Aiden's character and who he is as a person just comes through so naturally in his videos. And I just think his videos are getting better and better and better. And, and it doesn't hurt the fact that every time it seems like he goes out, he is landing flocks of mallards. I mean, it's just he is having an unbelievable, unbelievable year. And he's hunting in what I call. Um, my hometown. It's where I cut my teeth duck hunting. Uh, my first duck hunt ever was at this place. It's where we always went when I first started. And so I'm longing to be there with him so bad. So watching his videos on it, he is just pounding the mallards. And um, we hunt there a lot in September. We hunt there a lot in October. But my area of the state's pretty good normally once November, December, you know, get going. But this year I'm watching his videos and, and I don't know if I said his channel name, it's Cherry Creek Outdoors. So go check it out. Cherry Creek Outdoors. Um, so I'm watching his videos and I'm like, man, I just, I just got to get there. And so one week he had shot his limit on Monday. He shot his limit on Wednesday. He goes out scouting Thursday and he's like, they're still here. They're still here. So I'm like, okay, I, it's a three hour drive. I, I got a road trip this. So um, Phil, who's been hunting with me more often, he's, um, carves his own decoys and and awesome awesome guy and the decoys are beautiful we rush down there we camp out and um we go out there the next morning and it just it just doesn't happen it just doesn't happen i mean so many of his videos video after video after video after video, he's shooting his limit and, and we go out there <coughs> hunt till about one and only shoot five and it was a fun hunt and everything but um it was just kind of like when last year jordan when you're coming to kansas it's just kind of like, well, it didn't, it didn't work out that day. And it hasn't worked out every day for Aiden out there, but certainly more days not. And we just, so that, that didn't help either. But I find myself more and more wanting to run that direction. But in that, in that particular hunt, we didn't have tons and tons of birds. But the birds that we saw, it was all mallards, and we just could not get them to finish. We couldn't get them to finish. I mean, they would circle two to six times and they'd be gone. And, you know, we, first thing we did is we'd move farther back in the woods and made sure that we were covered. We had this great tree top cover over top of us and everything. And then we pulled the spinners. Then we put the spinners back out. Then we made a decoy change. Then we cleared the ice hole more. I mean, it was like trying after trying, after trying, after trying. And, and we just could not land these groups of birds. I and mean, we couldn't even get them within range. They were, they were definitely circling. And they would circle and then they would put their body in a position like, okay, they're going to dump in. And then at that moment they wouldn't. And so as fun a hunt as that was, it was certainly added to my frustration a little bit because of this bad streak since the beginning of basically November and not being able to get on the mallards. Um, but I guess that was, that was my most memorable hunt 
um, since we've since we've talked last. But so I've got a little bit of frustration going on. Not not horrible because I'm I still look at my numbers. I'm like I'm still having a better than average year. Um, yeah. It's just it's just the mallards. What what I really want and I, I to put put me these is just one of those hunts where you're shooting your limited mallards and their feet down. That's what I'm lacking. That's what this year's lacking. A few of those. Yeah. Well, I guess it's still good you're getting on the ducks and all that, but I can definitely attest to that feeling not being <laughs> great. Um, but I, I'm actually yeah. in a little bit of a slump myself. Um, no, I was kind of thinking back while we're, we're talking there, but, uh, you know, three of my last four hunts have been skunks, and the only one that wasn't was when we went on a goose hunt and I shot my limited geese. So that's a good, you know, good hunt to have in there, but I haven't shot a duck since November... 20 something mm. wow <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like i can't even find them to go hunting um i took this weekend off and like it's the first it might have been the first weekend i've missed in like three years and so <laughs> it's just crazy i mean we just don't have the birds and like um even before that um the two hunts I had before that, two duck hunts before that, um, I shot two birds on, on the hunt before that solo hunt. Then the next hunt I shot one and Taylor shot one. Um, and then after that, it was three skunks in a row. So my last five hunts, I've shot three birds and two of them have been uh, <laughs> hooded mergansers. So um, it's I've been on a pretty rough, rough streak as well. And I'm just hoping we're going right into this weekend. We're going, um, well, by the time you guys hear this, we'll be into our... Um, our late split for ducks, which is one week long and has usually almost always is the best hunting of the year. But this year I'm a little worried. We got a cold, I've got a cold front right now this week. We're in the middle of the week and then going into the weekend, it's supposed to warm back up and stay warm as far as the forecast goes eight days out, um, on my iPhone. But, uh, I'm just hoping by the end of it that we get a cold, another cold push or weather. Cause every day is like partly sunny or sunny and forties and thirties in the morning. So it's like, man, it's, uh, looking to be, I, I mean, even right now with the season ends, I think I'm going to have, as far as the numbers go, the best season I've ever had. But unfortunately it's the end of my season is really, really <laughs> hurting me at this point. So, so what is your, what is your ideal weather conditions right now that you want? I want a weather system and a cold front. Like how cold? I, want, I mean, as cold as it can get, honestly, at this point. Um, all the ponds are kind of froze up, but it's like we got stale birds on local rivers um, and not very many of them. So that's the problem. Um, if we can get more, when, when it gets really cold, we get kind of big pushes of mallards. Um, that's when the honey hole of all places, that, that uh, really heats up when it gets really, really cold. I mean, I'm talking like single digits and all that. Everything else freezes up. Why um, does that honey hill not freeze up? Is there a current in there? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a creek that runs through it. There's actually a creek on either side of this pool. Um, and it's like fingering creeks that go off the river um, through this farm. I got permission to hunt. So it's like it's um, everybody has access to it. It's public, but it's also like I have private access to it. So even if the river is froze up, nobody can get on it. I can walk out to it. And so at that point, it gets really good because nobody else is getting on it. Um, and the birds just load up in there. And it doesn't matter. It'll be negative 18 degrees, and that creek will still be open. Um, it's just really shallow and fast-flowing. And, and I've had hunts, um, The some of the people have seen on my YouTube videos, where, I mean, we've shot our limit. And 
um, less than three minutes. Um, they're just they just love that when when it gets super cold. So I'm looking for those type of temperatures. And some of the hunts we got with HTR, we got farm ditches that run out there that don't freeze either. So it's like you want the roost ponds to stay open and all the birds to get on them, hold it open, and then go out to these spots where you can hunt them at first light and we get some really killer duck hunts late season. That's usually what this week's like, but right now our weather isn't good. And so all the farm ponds are froze up. Any marsh is, is, is froze up, but the rivers aren't. And it's just like, uh, and we just don't have very many birds either. So mm. yeah, something's got to change or I'm just not going to shoot any. I'll, I'll shoot very few ducks this last week of the year. And you just focus all in on geese um then yeah after that it'd be january and february and usually last year what happened was um it was the week after this week last year we had the solar vortex run through and we had ducks galore but um <laughs> we couldn't hunt any of them um because duck season was over so i'm hoping that doesn't happen again but once that happens then yeah you can get on the geese really good the same way you can with the ducks the rivers load up and all that get big a big push of all the northern birds um but we just we had that one hard freeze we had that freeze at the it was like the first week of november right after the flyways collective we had a really hard freeze i got a hunt on that day and after that we got a ton of snow a hard freeze all the local birds moved out we didn't get any new ones and it's been like that ever since for hmm. six weeks now so <laughs> yeah yeah, so uh, uh, we we we, we haven't had a real hard. We're frozen right now. All our shallows and our ponds are frozen. So I honestly not really sure what we need right now. I guess a a really hard cold front followed by a thaw um, would be good. It's I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, but we, well, we only I got think that one week. So I'll take the hard freeze and then just be done with it. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not going to get that. It doesn't look like it looking at the forecast, but I'm just hoping the end of that week, which I can look now, see if it's updated any, but um, yeah, it's not looking promising, which I hate to be like a Debbie Downer, but that's just how I'm feeling about the season right now. And yeah, looking even further into the forecast, it's like mid-40s and rain, so I don't know. Kind of discouraging, but... <laughs> well, I have definitely have sunshine on the horizon. Because we're going out, I think we're going out west um, to hunt Saturday. My dad and I, Aiden's going to do a bunch of scouting tomorrow. And so I think we're going to do that. But the 27th, uh, my wife and I leave to go down to Arkansas with Joel Strickland to hunt at Cypress Crossings. So we're going to hunt the 28th, the 29th, the 30th. So I am rest assured we'll have some good hunts down there. And I've never hunted Arkansas. Fingers crossed we get to do a flooded timber hunt. Um, I talked to Joel about it and it just all depends on what sometimes they hunt it. Sometimes they don't, I'm, I don't recall what he said the variables were, um, but I'm hoping I'll get to do a flooded timber hunt, but it's going to, it's going to be so much fun. My wife and I are going, she's not hunting. So we have our own room down there um, at Cypress crossings and um, you know, she's an artist and she, she, she's, she does digital artwork um, and she's working on a, a book currently and everything so she'll just hang out in the mornings and work on her artwork and we'll be done hunting by 10 and we might even get to go spec hunt in rice fields in the afternoon so i'm pretty excited about that trip i'll have to say now nah, that sounds pretty good <laughs> too bad you have to take your wife and you can't take me but 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I had a plus one. I threw you under the bus. <laughs> I threw you under the bus. So uh, I, don't I had a plus that. one. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, number one, first of all, I love taking trips with my wife. I love traveling with her. I love being around her. I love taking trips with my wife. So let me say that first and foremost. Secondly, not, what? Not to mention the brownie points you're going to get for it. Yeah. If I'm going to leave on a mini vacation. For, <laughs> yes. If I'm going to leave and be gone basically four days in December, it, it right around Christmas, it's a much better plan to incorporate my wife in the deal <laughs> than not. <laughs> But I did have a plus one availability. And I, you know, I, <clears throat> so he, the, the lodge, they're looking for some promotion and stuff and they haven't had anyone come in for a long time. So, um, it is a, a free trip for me, which is, I wouldn't be going if it wasn't the place is expensive. Um, but they just kind of want some exposure and, and that, and that type of thing. Um, but, oh man, I blanked on what the heck I was. You're just talking about, um, your how you wish you would have chose me instead of your wife, but he had a moment. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, so I, I was like, bring my wife. And then I'm like, okay, should I push it and be like, well, that's not really a plus one hunter. So can I bring my wife plus, plus one, plus one, you know? And I was thinking about asking him that. And, and um, I just, when I went to go and think about asking, I was like, no, I'm being, gifted this thing and i'm giving them something in return and everything but it's like i just can't be the guy to be like well how about you give me a little more you know i just i couldn't bring it in my heart to do that yeah i hear you but so maybe, maybe we can maybe get next uh, time me and like you plus, plus one plus one. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe and the thing is once I, i'll get in there <laughs> i realized that um in order to do another plus one then that'd be two rooms that we took up right now we're just taking up one room and so with like a not a twin bed or whatever not it's the one below a queen size mm -hmm. and so you know if i was going to do another plus one they would have had to give us an extra room and so that's when i was like no i can't that's not cool for me to try to he said a plus one i picked my plus one so <laughs> a full bed man you guys are gonna have to like link arms so you don't fall off either side <laughs> my wife pretty well that's not gonna bother me. now if you were my plus one i don't know what i have to do there i think you might be sleeping on the floor uh, yeah it's like georgie <laughs> or something <laughs> oh speaking a little georgie oh my gosh that dog uh, she is now it, yeah i'm switching if you don't mind me switching topics no, um, georgie's it. my seven month old lab from flatlander kennels in she is now under house arrest uh forever i could be outside working around and she could be off leash and she would come every single time that i called her but now she started this thing of like running away and not coming back she doesn't like <laughs> go down the street or anything she's like in the yard looking at me with this look like what are you gonna do <laughs> you know you like walk towards her and she does like a barry sanders juke move and runs the other way and and the only way I can get her back is I hold up her retrieval dummies and I pretend like I'm going to throw it and she comes running. But she's been doing this more and more consistently where she's like getting out and then you got to chase her down and trick her into coming back. So she is on house arrest. She, we, now her freedoms are completely gone. I you never know, leave uh, the house without having her on leash. Yeah. I was going to say what a lot of trainers will say for that is get them on the 20 foot long lead so that no matter what, when you're in yeah. the yard, you never have to do the chasing. You step on that when yeah. she starts to do her juke moves. Cause that rope's not going to move. 
you'll be able to grab yep. that and then work her in and you know reward yep. her for don't give her an option to fail at coming back that's what i'm doing that's now when i when i work her to retrieve her um she's she comes back fine there's no issue when she's retrieved now she my, my dad works her during the day sometimes um because i just have problems getting as much work as i want with work with my own personal work and so just the last couple of days he hasn't been a worker because she's actually been running away from him when he's been throwing the retrieve. so he has stopped but i'm her like number one master so when we're when we're working retrieves she's fine now i still do have her on a leash um i started steadying her and i've got a uh pinch collar on her now so she's sitting really really well she's healing really really well um her drive is fantastic she's fast she's athletic um, she's coming back to me, um, when I throw retrieves for her. it's just the general obedience of, you know, her being outside and her practicing, not being willing to come back to me, you know, is, is, and the other issue that I've got with her is that anytime that I, the few times that I have tried frozen birds, she just mauls them. She'll bring them back, but she's got a, it's like, she wants to eat them. And she's chewing it as she brings back and she'll bring it back after one retrieve and it'll have like gashes in its chest and stuff. And so I've got to figure out seven months. So does she have all of her adult teeth teeth already? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a teething thing. She just wants to eat it. Yeah. Just wants to eat it. That doesn't sound good. I've, I've no. And I know there's ways to break them of it. I've just put that away for now. Right now I'm working on heel sit I'm steadying her and working on trees and I'm lengthening the retrieve. So I've got her up to 120 yards um, on her retrieves, not every day, but, and so I'm stretching that out and that's all I'm working on right now. And the, the pinch collar is the precursor to the shock collar. So um, she's taken, once I put that pinch collar on her, the whole steadiness and the sitting and everything got, got really, really good. So with the sitting, I'm trying to back up distance now. So I've got her on a long lead and I'm trying to sit her for longer periods of time, but she's doing really, really well with all that stuff. So I'm in general, I'm happy with her. I know I'm way behind her litter mates because they're being uh, the one I'm watching is being trained by a guy at Flatlander Kennels and I'm not a professional trainer. So I know I'm (laughs) years behind those guys, but by that hunt, number one, next fall, I probably won't even shoot that hunt. I just want sit, be steady, come back come back when you're called that that's what i'm looking for and i think i think yeah. i can get her to that point we got a um, ton of time between then and i'm sure you'll be able to mm-hmm. be way more consistent with the amount of free time you get during the summer so yep. I, got, I got a feeling it's going to be you know, you do pretty good with her over the summer mm-hmm. going into that that first teal hunt yeah i can do two and three a days with her in training being off that summer and so i have i have not actually started her on the meat dog series yet which they say you can do it five or six months and I have not started that yet. Um, I started feeling really stressed about her development. And I started feeling a little confused. Like, what do I work on? What do I work on? I'm like, you know what? I'm just one of work. Basic obedience. Sit, stay, start steadying her. Keep her drive going. And I'm just going to focus on that. And I have, I'm so glad that I got her when I did. So I've got so much time. I mean, she'll be a year, four months before she ever hunts. Yeah. And I'm and- in no rush. Yeah, you have. I mean, you have so much time. You'll make it mm-hmm. through all that in the meat trainer section of Freddie King. I, I think you'll make it through everything that you want for that first hunt. And but even if you don't, I mean, it's like a, a long process with a dog. I know you've been through it multiple times, but just kind of like for me, kind of thinking about Chief, it's like he's on his 
I mean, he's he's three years old now. Go, he'll be four in February. But man, the improvement I saw from three years old to from two years old is just crazy. And I mean, you're talking about a dog mm-hmm. that's like, you know, seven months old. So it's like you got nothing but time. Yeah, and she seems she seems very intelligent, high drive, but she's not spastic. She's not like one of those high drive dogs that just no, just drives you crazy. And yeah. she seems extremely trainable. She picks up sit really quick. When I start studying her, she's so she picks up things very, very quickly. So I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fine. I'm yeah. I'm really pleased right now. I am frustrated by that running away stuff, really pisses me off. When I see her sitting there and I can see it the second her body language goes into it. She's just like looking at me like, What you gonna do? You can't catch me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had that with Chief too as well. And it's like a little bit of like of a trust thing because you trust them when they're a mm-hmm. puppy and they get to a certain age and it's just like built into them to explore more. Um, yeah. and you go from like that trust to, Oh, they're actually, they want to explore more and you still have to keep them reined in. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, you remember yeah. when I had her at the flyways collective, when we were outside, I just, she was off leash and anytime oh, I yeah. called, boom, she would be there. And I, she just can't, I can't do that anymore with her. Cause she just yeah. wants, like I said, she wants to go and explore. I still can't do that with chief. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. if I call him, if I, if I call him, he comes back, but if he, uh, gets out of sight and out of hearing me, he's just gone. So <laughs> some of that never goes away with certain dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was blessed with Izzy with that respect. And I may never be able to do that with Georgie either. I don't, I don't know. I, if I can, I know Georgie's capable of getting into that spot. I know she is because I can tell how trainable she is. It's just a matter of me being able to get her to that spot of being able to just hang out so we will see yep so i guess i I really don't have any specific hunts to update on it's kind of like i i said um you know just with the skunks there's not much to talk about with those and i took this weekend off uh and i actually ended up or i planned to go out sunday evening for kind of a last light goose hunt um but actually ended up doing something different and (laughs) um well, I guess before we jump to that, you know, the one thing I do got going for me right now is there's so many geese in the air. We talked about that in the last podcast. And um, just to let you guys know, the listeners, that we're doing a double header tonight um, since we'll be busy with our Christmas schedules going next week. So Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll still see how, how the goose hunting goes. But I got a lot of geese to work with. Um, really hoping that I'd have some ducks for the split. But, you know, let's just be thankful for the geese right now. Um, but the reason I didn't actually go at all that weekend, you know, put it off, couldn't find any birds. And I just wanted to go Sunday evening, um, so that I didn't not hunt all weekend. Cause I, I hate not, to, I, I want to go every weekend at least once. Um, so plan to go that Sunday evening, but, um, I'd been messaging on marketplace and actually been wanting to do this for a little while, but, um, <laughs> I actually went and purchased a 16 foot John boat. So I'm nice. um, definitely going to have a, a little fun project there. Um, I, I sent you a, a little, I think I sent you a video or a picture of it, Elliot. I didn't see it. Where'd you send it to me on? Really? How'd you send it? Um, on the phone. Hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, you didn't reply, so I guess it probably just didn't go through. But uh, I was probably at work or something. Um, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I see it. Okay. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to, 
uh, make some videos on it, and we'll probably talk about it some on the podcast more. But uh, I got a lot of work to go into it. Like, I got it pretty cheap. I mean, I think I got a good deal on it. It's got a motor on it that runs, but it's got some repairs I got to do um, on it. Um, it needs a, a new water pump, which apparently that's simple to do. Um, I'm, technical skills are probably not my strong suit, but uh, <laughs> I'll work to get better at that uh, through the pro- project. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know, getting the boat running. And I already got parts ordered. It needs trailer lights. I actually drove home like it was almost a two hour drive to go get it, um, but no trailer lights and at dark. So that was kind of, I felt like I was going to get pulled over the whole time. But um, yeah, so I got a kit for that. I got a lot of work I'm going to be putting into the boat. So it's going to be a lot of fun um, doing that, you know, having a boat that I can work with and, mm-hmm. uh, build, I, I think I want to build a blind on it too. And there's a lot of stuff I got planned, but it's like for right now, I want to get it usable going into late season on the river because it just opens up, opens up so many more options than if you just have a canoe, especially on big water, um, where you can't, now, really is that river, around. is that river deep enough for that motor to work efficiently on it? Yeah. Yeah. What about those yeah, Michigan no, marshes? Are those Michigan marshes? No, Will that no. work up there? Yeah, uh, no. So I'll, I'll plan to get a mud motor by next season, but it's like right now to just get that running, and then I can either you know keep the motor or sell it, and you know use that to go towards a mud motor. But I'll definitely be getting a mud motor by next year, and I and I want to have a sweet blind on it by next year too. So <laughs> I was actually watching yeah, you uh, should listen to that. that podcast by Phil Conkey where they talk about all the different boat blind options. Oh, so I didn't all. know he had a podcast on that. I'll listen to that podcast. I've been yeah. watching some of his YouTube videos that Phil has, and I'll definitely I'm gonna end up I'll definitely message him on Instagram and get his input and talk to him about it a little bit since he's he's done um half a dozen or so boat blinds um builds and he has really extravagant ones and and I've actually seen some that look really cool. Um and I don't think I can do some of like the major ones he has where it's like literally it's like hunting in an actual blind, but it's in a boat, like a Mm-hmm. Like one you'd see in like Arkansas tucked in the trees or something like that. Um, you know, and, and where I hunt too, I think it's not, I wouldn't be able to get away with that necessarily. I want to have something a little bit more profi- low profile. Um, but I definitely can see having a lot of fun. It's going to be another thing to, you know, have fun with off season kind of. Um, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty major project. A lot of stuff I want to run with it. So I don't want to get, you know, say too much right now and then not follow through with it. But that's kind of my my vision of it um and i do sometimes i just i go for stuff way too much when it could just be simple um you know you could get yourself a 15 horsepower long tail for that you can buy a kit um to put it together and those aren't that expensive yeah Mm -hmm. because that that motor you got on there's 15 horsepower now right yeah no if you get a long tail though it actually doubles it so you'd only need like seven and a half like it, it doubles the ratio. You can buy those like kits a, pretty cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that'd probably be another cool, um, I guess, project to add on to it. So, <laughs> cause that'd be perfect for those Michigan marshes. That's what I was thinking. I know. Yeah. No, I, I want to have it all set up for that. The only thing I worry about is just kind of like if I get a blind on there and everything like weight capacity, like it is a 16 footer, which is good, but like it's like, it's not like a, one of those, um, what do they call it? The V, the V front boats. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot deeper and a lot more weight capacity. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's not very deep it is 16 footer and at the top it's 55 inches wide which is mm-hmm. a lot wider than some of them but it's also a lot narrower than a lot of those um more high dollar john boats yeah. or whatever you want to call them so yep. i'm going to figure out like i has i have no idea what the weight capacity is on it so if it's like hey i get three guys in there and a dog and it's like struggling then there's like no way i can put a major blind on there but um yeah. a water yeah. over your head i would with that boat i would be really concerned about a blind three guys and three guys on a dog yeah mm-hmm. see we we hunt with uh that 14 the the 14 footer we do two guys all our gear and a dog and that's so I'm like a 16 footer. I was hoping it would give enough capacity to do that, but who knows? Well, I'm just thinking of like, I'm thinking of like, you know, the reservoir we went on. Oh yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. Something like that. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, something like that. I would be nervous about it or like the, you know, a big deep river. I'd be nervous about it, but yeah, just places like that. Yeah, no, I'll definitely play around with it and see what it's capable of. And, you know, this might be something that's like a, um, like a project. I fix it up and get it running and get it going. And then I, I sell it and upgrade because it doesn't, you know, meet everything I need it to. Mm-hmm. I need it to do three guys and a dog minimum. I mm-hmm. really would like three guys and two dogs or four guys and one dog. And if I have to upgrade, then, you know, that's what I'll have to do. Because, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll never be able to get a boat that's, or right, not never, but like right now in the immediate future that does that just, you know, uh, you know, budget and all that. Cause there's so many other things I need more than a, a super fancy, nice duck boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I might feel like I need it, but I don't need it. Um, it'd be nice to have, you know, dream maybe someday, but right now you can get blinds now. that are, you can get blinds that are, uh, not very heavy. You know, if yeah. you're talking aluminum and what about the A-frame? If you took the, the two bottom poles that didn't use those would the a-frame sit in that yeah but it's only uh eight eight uh i can't remember the exact dimension it's like nine feet so it's not gonna not gonna quite fit across 16 a foot long boat i mean it, you'd it, have to yeah you'd have to find a brushing system for yeah we've, we've actually me and hunter actually were playing around and talking about different ways of doing it like putting two a-frame pieces and using one as the center and I mean, there's mm. ways to do it. We just have to customize it. There's not. It's not going to be like I can just take the HDR frame and put it on there. Um, Maybe that should be your next project: is develop a, a, a <laughs> HDR system for something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I'm excited and, to see how that turns out. Yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun to play around with. So, first step: get it running, get it, getting it um, <laughs> hunt worthy for late season coming up mostly for the geese on the river so that i guess mm-hmm. that's my biggest update for this podcast i'm i'm really really pumped about it it's like all i can think about right now it's just like how to get that boat running and how to hunt out of it and you know for this mm-hmm. season it's going to be simple but we'll see what happens after that so this season you'll just be using it for transporting you you won't be actually hunting out of it well i might i mean i've talked to, i got a bunch of pvc and uh chicken wire not chicken wire what's the one above it um I can't remember. It's got the rectangle squares in it. It's like a little bit sturdier than chicken mm-hmm. wire. Chain link? No, not chain link. It's it's got another name. I can't. It's like something fabric is what it's called, even though it's yeah. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I thought about just taking some PVC in that and putting it up on the sides and making it like a little blind. I mean, something simple with stuff I already got. Like I I don't want to 
like I said, if I don't know what I'm going to do with that, I don't want to just be sinking money and do it left and right. Yeah. Buy like a, a quick, um, like one of those quick blinds or whatever they call them where it just pops up and you got fabric on mm-hmm. either side and all that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do it if I don't know what I'm going to do with the boat. Um, or if I'm going to sell it next year, I'm going to need something different. So, uh, I'll just keep it simple this year. I would like to be able to, I mean, we got all the way to February, so I got, you know, two months, almost a little less than two months, I guess I got one week less than two months of hunting left that I can do with it. So if I, you know, next couple of weeks, I get something simple, put on there, PVC and chicken wire and brush it in, you know, I could be hunting out of it. Great. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. But yeah. Um, any other updates you got, Elliot? Well, I did actually put in on that reservoir we were just talking about with all the stumps. That's where we hunted Saturday. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I was, I was, I was more scared than I had been before. It was the visibility was really, really low. Um, it was dark and cloudy and a hint of fog. And I hadn't been on that lake for a while. And I had, um, so I had the big um, 18 foot well-built boat with the, uh, mud buddy but i had the two two kayaks stacked on top of it and i was going to take a third boat because we had three guys and we were going to try to lay out out on this point and uh the night before i went to i put the two kayaks on side by side and i was went to put that old town canoe on top and i stood in there and thought about trying to see over that in that dark on that lake and i was like no there's no way i just can't do it um the boat ride was fine but for some reason i found myself extremely uh a little scared in that on that boat in for some reason um, I don't blame you. We, well we hit that first the first the first section you hit the lake goes way off to the west and so any any kind of wind there are you got lots of waves there so right off the bat we're like rocking on the waves you know and it's it was four o'clock in the morning and totally dark out and <laughs> and i i didn't care for it i didn't care for it <laughs> i remember when you took me out last year and i told you that I thought I was going to die. And if we tipped, we just would have died. Cause it was like, it was like single digits or something super cold. And you're like, you can't uh, say that when my wife's listening, <laughs> we wouldn't have died. I'm like, I would have died. <laughs> but well, I, I feel fully confident. I, I really, really do. Um, I know we flipped our boat before, um, but that was a very unique set of circumstances. And as long as I've got the lights in front of me, um because what happens that scares you is you roll up on a tree there's lots of submerged trees and you roll up on one that's just under the surface your boat that boat's heavy so you know when you roll up on that you can go right over it all right over it but it gives you that list to the side right and uh in the dark that that feels very very frightening (laughs) let's just say that feels frightening (laughs) and we've actually high centered on on those before um, if you're going too slow, you can get on one where that boat's so heavy that boat it gets under the middle of the boat and you get stuck. Um, mm. We've had that happen once before out there, but there's only one section that's really dicey, and I'm not say dicey. You have to just know where the trees are and watch them. But I wouldn't. I would never go through at full speed. That's for sure. No, I wouldn't either. There's sections I know it well enough that there's sections in which I can go slow and sections in which. Once I start seeing trees of any kind, I ramp it down. Um, but ramp so because it, it, what? You ramp it? <laughs> no, I amp it down. 
<laughs> yeah, I probably could ramp those things out there. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But, man, that hunt. Did you watch that video of that hunt yet? Um, I believe so. Since well, I know what you're I give about. myself a big fat F that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had hundreds of ducks going out right at first light. And we just, it was just a terrible day. And I, for the first time this season, I did not enjoy a hunt I was on. And I was kind of ragging on myself throughout the video because I pride myself in not being a kill dependent hunter that I can still have fun. But I did not. I, I enjoyed them with the company, but it was like, if I'm going to go through that and put that boat on the lake like that, and I'm going to sit in the nasty mud I'm sitting in, I better shoot something. At least that day. I did not have an enjoyable time. I wished I was home in my bed. I was very much a kill dependent hunter. So I kind of poked fun at myself on that video. And yeah, that was a brutal hunt. Worst hunt of the season. Yep. That looked like didn't it. even fire a shot. Didn't even fire a shot. Well, now you know what it feels like to hunt in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No, there's uh, there's some good birds in Indiana. Sometimes I do get yeah. jealous of the the central flyway, but I don't want to let my Indiana brethren down by dissing on Indiana too much. So <laughs> I have surpassed you in, in birds per hunt. Yeah. Have you surpassed me in birds total yet? I've got, I don't think so. I don't think I have. What are you at? I can't remember. Probably 70 something. I'm no, at wait, 63 or four. Maybe it's 90 something. I can't remember. Well, yeah, no, I'm not even close then. I'm at 63 or four. I'm on pace for about 95 birds right now, which would be a, which, which would be my second best season ever. So I cry, I'm crying, but about how poor I've been doing, but I'm on pace for my second best season ever, actually, which is crazy to me. It's that's why all these central flyway guys get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> They're all complaining, like, oh, we had this stale hunt. And you have Matt saying that, and then you like shot six mallards. I'm like, it's like two guys and they shot <laughs> six birds. I'm like, that's a good hunt for me. That would be yeah, one of you my You can't best. ever complain. You cannot complain <laughs> about a three duck average. You just can't. Yeah. If I average, that's my goal every year is to average three ducks a hunt. Yeah. But here, you know, something interesting on site, everyone's having a down year globally. Um, the birds per hunt average is way down. Hmm. Like it's down, like almost not quite half a bird, which I found interesting. Yeah. At like a thousand, I think there's been a thousand and a half hunts logged. Um, this year by everyone across the nation and compared to the over oh, the three year average, the it's down. Yeah. Interesting for sure. I know uh yeah. I know at the beginning of the season I thought it was gonna be a, a bang out season just with I mean I had such good success on my chasing the opener uh, all the way to the flyways. I even considered that um success for me. Mm -hmm. So it was like uh, <laughs> all the way up to that point, um, I was having by far just an outstanding season. And then the first two weeks of our, our opener in Indiana. But ever since then, man, I can see if other people, you know, opening later and the weather we've had across the nation, it's just not been good. So kind of stinks. I mean, we said the same thing last year for a lot of it, you know. Um, and if I wouldn't have traveled, I'd be saying, man, this year is terrible. So I'm glad I got in some of the traveling from, you know, Kansas to Michigan this year. It's been pretty good. So, um well, you're ne you're never going to be hot every single month. I've never in my duck hunting life 
been hot September, October, November. Just last year was the closest. I was hot September, October, November, and December. And then January was terrible. That was the closest. But normally we have three hot months, a mediocre month, and a terrible month. You know, something like that. So, I mean, and you predicted this. You told me this is what it was going to happen. You said normally we struggle here and we're going to. And so it's not, you know, not you're having a great year. You got over 90 birds. You got over 90 birds. Come on. I've worked hard for those. I put a, I put a lot of miles. One thing, you know, I showed in one of my earlier videos this year was the triple meter. I'm like at eight and a half thousand miles I've put on since the beginning of duck season. (laughs) You better be writing that off on taxes, man. (laughs) Probably should. No, for real. I write, you got to, I write mine off. Yeah. Well, I haven't ever. I probably should, though. Oh, you should. You get like like uh, 50 cents a mile or something. Jeez. It's a huge write-off. And you should be collecting all your meals during that. You don't can't take full. But seriously, it's not hard to do. I do it myself. You should. De- if you're not doing that, you should definitely be doing that. All right. Well, I'll figure out how to do it then. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> totally legal. DNR shows up. Well, I guess it probably wouldn't be them. IRS. <laughs> it's it's totally forward. legal. It's no, totally I, I legal. Believe you. I'm just, yeah. I just want right. to make well, sure I that think... everyone listening knew that it was. Totally oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to convince me. <laughs> no, just want to make sure to everyone else. <laughs> All righty, folks. Well, I think that's a perfect place to go ahead and wrap right, up the well. podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Um, this podcast is going to drop right in between Christmas and New Year. So, hope everyone's had um, a Merry Christmas and happy holidays um you know hopefully everyone's getting on tons of ducks and geese um i know i haven't here recently still but i got some awesome hunts planned for the weekend um so i'm feeling optimistic but anyways guys thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the next one let's go